Today, I want to ask you all a question. Uh, the question I want to ask you is this. Um, I've heard people use the term cash is trash. And today uh, on the Black Financial Channel, I decided that it will be fun to answer that question. Is cash really trash? Is it really garbage? Is it something you just throw in the trash and you just don't think about it no more? Or you, if you're sitting on cash, you're just crazy, you're stupid, you ain't got no sense. Well, we're going to talk about that today on the Black Financial Channel. So uh, buckle up, seatbelt, get comfortable. We'll get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I'm your friendly neighborhood finance professor on the Black Financial Channel. We talk about black wealth and black economics every single day sometimes as much as 10 times a day under one condition. The condition is that we are Black first. Black first means that we put our community at the top of our priority list. Black first means that we educate our damn kids. Black first means that we build wealth for our families. Black first means that we are going to leave a generational legacy. So if you are Black first, if you believe in elevating and building the community, then put a B1 in the chat, hashtag B1. So what's up, everybody in the B1 family? It's so good to see you. So let's jump into this. Uh, I had a crazy weekend. Uh, it was so crazy. I went down to Georgia to support King Randall. King Randall is a promising 22-year-old young brother down in Georgia who just built a preparatory school for boys. Everybody give a clap for King Randall. We got a clap for that because I'm going to tell you, that is awesome. Everybody here is to talk about, you know, chit chat chatter about building schools. I'm going to build a school. And when this school gets built, well, King Randall built the damn school. I did a tour of King Randall School. In fact, on my Instagram, which is The Real Boys Watkins, I'm going to share some of the footage King Randall showed me of the school that he and the boys are moving into next fall. So shout out to this 22-year-old for doing something that is uh, extraordinary. And he's going to, I, I told him, I said, you need to make a blueprint on two things. One, how we can clone you so we can have a million King Randalls. And number two, how we can clone the blueprint of your school so we can have a chain of Black-owned schools all throughout the country. That is what we need because we must educate our own children. I personally wrote a check for about $3,000 to support the school. I'm going to write more checks because I support what he's doing. And I love this brother. So shout out to King Randall. Let me keep it going. All right. So uh, so we were talking. Uh, so I was on a panel and uh, I got a chance to meet another great brother that I have so much respect for. He's, he's, he goes by the name 19 Keys. I didn't ask him, uh, you know, uh, where did the name 19 Keys come from? Next time I talked to him, I'm asking that. And I didn't ask him what his real name was because that was the name he gave me. And I said, okay, 19 Keys. That's that's great. I respect you, brother. So the 19 Keys and I were on this on a panel. And uh, there was a conversation that came up that really got me thinking. And, the, and so he, he and another brother, and I don't have the brother's name in front of me, but they were debating over cash. And the question that came up on the panel, uh, which is a great question, was, uh, you know, if, I, if you have $10,000 to invest, what do you do with the $10,000? What's the first thing you should do? So the brother on the panel said, first thing you should do is you should save half of it, right, for a rainy day. And then the other half, you know, he mentioned some other things you could do with it. And then 19 Keys came back and with, with another great answer. And he said, you know, cash is he made a great point. He said inflation is out of control uh, because inflation is so high. If you're sitting on cash, then that is going to dilute the buying power of your money. 
right? So he used the term cash is trash. I've heard that term used by other smart people that I respect, like Ray Dalio and things like that. So his answer, there was nothing wrong with his answer. And I heard it and it was a great passionate debate they had going back and forth. And I just sat and watched. I just sat and listened and learned because uh, first thing you learn when you become a teacher is you got to be a good student. So I wanted to understand their perspectives and respect that because both of them were right. Now, let me give you a, a more nuanced way to kind of look at this cash thing. How many of you, give me a yes or no in the chat. How many of you have heard that term, cash is trash? Give me a yes in the chat if you've heard people say cash is trash. And uh, give me a yes, yes in the chat. All right, so so a lot of you have heard this term before. So let me kind of help you sort of put it into context in terms of why people would say cash is trash. Um, inflation is incredibly high. The Federal Reserve totally dropped the ball. They were supposed to be the guardians of inflation, but they didn't do a very good job of guarding the nation against inflation. Inflation numbers are higher than they've been in 30 or 40 years. So what is effectively occurring, which is an absolute disgrace, it is an absolute sin to, in terms of what we are doing to the working class American people, is that the value, the purchasing power of your dollar is going down while your wages are not going up. Your wages are remaining stagnant, but your the purchasing power of your money is going down, which means that it's much more difficult to buy a house. Places like Atlanta, uh, the houses are the housing market's out of control. It's really difficult. So in this environment, you have to be an investor. What I'm doing is I'm trying to build black people a rocket ship to Mars. I'm not Elon Musk, but I'm trying to build us a rocket ship to another planet. And the planet is called economic intelligence. The planet is called financial security. The planet is called get your paper right or or troubles coming. That's the planet I'm trying to build a rocket ship to. And I'm trying to build a rocket ship big enough for everybody to get on it. Because if you don't get on that ship and go to the planet of financial security, you're in big trouble. If you stay on the planet of working for white folks, hoping for the best, uh, praying to white Jesus and and so hoping that your paychecks eventually come up, then that planet is going to eventually die because America as a capitalist society has done a horrible disgrace to working class people. They don't protect their interests. They've let inflation get out of control, particularly asset inflation. There's different kinds of inflation. One type of inflation called asset inflation is the worst kind of inflation that there is out there. Another type of inflation you've been hit with is educational inflation. That's why your student loans are crazy because the rate of increase of of college tuition has far exceeded the rate of increase in the uh, purchasing power of your dollar at the grocery store. Okay. So give me a yes in the chat. If you follow what I'm saying, give me a yes. If you know what I mean. Okay. So, so here's the deal. So basically now you, you've kind of got this thing where uh, people are making a valid argument that cash is just, you know, not something good to sit on because the purchasing power of that dollar is going down. It's not connected to things like gold and stuff like that. And um, so, so this leads to a question. This leads to a bigger question. If cash is definitely trash, if not having your money working for you is is a tremendous, is a huge cardinal sin, well, why would it that a guy like Warren Buffett, an OG who's made you know about a trillion dollars by now in terms of money he's made for shareholder value, several trillion actually, I'm sure. Uh, why would he be sitting on 160 billion in cash? Did y'all know that Warren Buffett was sitting? on $160 billion in cash, if I'm not mistaken, maybe it was $130 billion. Who gets a couple billion between friends? But why would Warren Buffett, the guy as smart as him, be sitting on over $100 billion in cash? Uh, why would BlackRock, BlackRock is the largest asset. BlackRock controls, I believe, uh, an amount of assets that is equal to 10% of the total economic value of every asset on earth. So they literally control 10% of the planet. They about $9.5 in assets. Why would BlackRock be sitting on $10 billion in cash 
on hand. And, and then they got cash equivalents and heavily liquid investments as well. Why would institutional investors as a collective, again, these are the smart men and women. These are the ones that went to Harvard and Yale and studied economics at the highest level. Why would they be sitting on about $3 trillion in cash? I mean, if cash is trash and it's worthless and it's going down, why would they do that? Well, let me kind of give you some nuance on that to help you understand your, what your relationship with cash should probably be. I'm not here to tell you that cash isn't trash. I'm not here to debate the, uh, the, the high cost of inflation. I'm not here to debate the idea that your cash is dropping in value when you're sitting on it. That All that's beyond debate. But here's what I want you to understand. And this is why both, both of these brothers on this panel were correct. It was a tomato tomato argument in my book. It was argue, It was like a debate as to whether or not uh, hamburgers are better than cheeseburgers or if the color red was better than the color blue, right? Or if a Mercedes is better than a BMW, right? If, 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 that, if there was a clear answer to that question, then, then there would either be no sales of BMWs or there would be no sales of Mercedes for all informed people. Or is Michael Jackson better than Prince? Well, nobody knows. I'm sure you would have a debate, right? If I said, right now, put it in the chat. Who's better, Michael Jackson or Prince? Who do you like the most, Michael Jackson or Prince? Put an answer in the chat. And I'm going to tell you why both of those answers are right, because it depends on which variables you use to make the decision. It depends on what kind of music you like. It depends on what kind of performer appeals to you. So with investing, it's the same way. It's a Michael Jackson versus Prince kind of debate. It really comes down to whether or not uh, cash is, is something that, that you want to have in abundance or cash is something that you're okay with not having in abundance. So let me give you a few little factors. There's something in economics called a utility function. And a utility function kind of measures your general happiness, your general, it's an emotional thing, right? It's, it's, it's like how you feel about your investing and uh, you know your risk level and stuff like that. Well, all of us have different utility functions. All of us have different uh, ways of viewing investing. Some of us love risk. Some of us love jumping out there doing it. That's where bungee jumpers come from and, and people that do base jumping and, and go, you know, go jump in the water, go in the ocean and swim with sharks. They have a different utility function than you. They're, they're adrenaline junkies. They like the risk. But there are some people who won't even get on an airplane because they think the airplane is going to crash. Even And you can tell them all day, look, there's no airplane crashes. Uh, that have occurred in the United States in X number of months or, or years, but they still don't want, they don't care. They don't care. My mother-in-law, I cannot talk her into getting on an airplane, no matter how perfect the safety record has been in the last several years. So, so at the end of the day, what's going on is she's got a different utility function than I do. And the utility function is not a rational thing, right? Because if it were rational, then she would, I could explain to her, look, you know, the odds of dying in a plane crash is pretty much close to 0%. So, or it's greater if you're in a car to that you might die than, than, than actually on a plane. She doesn't want to hear that, right? So really, when you talk about investing, it's the same way. People have different preferences. So um, so for one person, they may say cash is trash because you need your money out there working for you. Uh, because look at, look, at, look at what the stock market is doing. Look at what crypto is doing. Look at what, you, what money you can make in real estate. But a highly risk-averse person, what they would do is they would say, yeah, but look at the stock market. Look at how much money has been lost in the last month. Oh, look at crypto. Oh my God, Bitcoin's dropped 31% this year. I, I mean, inflation's going to take 10%, but Bitcoin took 31%. Dogecoin 
my God, I don't want to talk about things like Dogecoin or or some of these stocks have been getting hammered lately. Or, you know, so so a, a risk averse person or or also the utility function also embodies risk tolerance as well. It's basically like the same reason why, you know, if, if my daughter and I were about to get on a roller coaster, she would want to get on. I would say I'm not doing that. Right. It's not like I think I'm going to die on the roller coaster. I just don't want to deal with it. It makes my stomach hurt. It makes me nervous. It makes me uncomfortable. Right. So ultimately, for some people, the ups and downs that come with making money make them uncomfortable. It's like you ever hear that saying, that old saying, well, scared money don't make money. Right. They say if, you, if you're scared, you don't make money. Well, some people were just really scared. Some people just they, they went through some economic trauma. This is, and by the way, on May 15th, when my wife and I get together for our event in Chicago, which by the way, you can go to voicewalkins.com, click on the events link if you want to join us. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about things like financial trauma and how your financial trauma impacts your financial drama, just like your emotional trauma impacts your emotional drama. So people that have drama in their personal life, drama in their financial life, typically have some sort of trauma that created the drama. So so in case you want to know, in case you're interested in coming to the event, just go to boyswalkins.com, hit the hit the events link. It's in Chicago, May 15th. That's the, the focal point. It's all about drama-free lifestyles. So like, what does it mean to be drama-free financially, drama-free uh, emotionally? And a lot of that comes down to understanding your relationship with the drama, right? And, and and why you feel the way you feel, but also at the very least acknowledging and having that knowledge yourself to know how you feel. Because the worst way to take investing advice in this world, in my view, is to let anybody convince you that there's a one-size-fits-all approach. There is no one-size-fits-all approach to investing. There's just not. The only thing you can universally agree on is that more money is better than less money typically, right? But even then, if you throw in things like taxes or stress, some people may say, you know what? I don't want more money. I don't need more money. I'm happy with what I got, right? So so ultimately, when you're talking about whether or not cash is trash, you have to factor in uh, the utility function or the risk tolerance or how people feel about risk. Because for some people, sitting on a pile of cash that may drop in value because of inflation just doesn't bother them as much as the possibility that they could deploy that money and end up losing some of their wealth. For some people, the game of wealth is not one of wealth uh, increase. It is one of wealth preservation. And again, again, inflation is eating away at your money. But there are some people that get to a point in life where they don't even care about money that much. In fact, I, I'm kind of like that, honestly. I, I've had opportunities to make more money. I've had people say, hey, boys, if you sell out a little bit more, if you if you kiss the white man's butt a little bit more, you can make some more money. I'm like, why would I want to do that? I'm okay. I don't need to make another nickel. If I make the exact same amount of money every year until I die that I've made this year, I am not going to complain at all. Um, it doesn't bother me. Right. So so ultimately, you want to keep that in mind. So as I move on, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Please share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, also, uh, if you want a free e-copy, I wrote a book uh, that helps you guys make the uh, $100,000 pledge. It is a book on uh, basically the $5 a day investing plan. If you'd like to get a copy of that book, uh, feel free to go to uh, blackmoneyminute.com, blackmoneyminute.com. I'll put the URL on the screen so you guys can see it. And the book is free and it's up there. And I have a, a new financial uh, workbook, a reflections journal uh, called 30 Days to Black Wealth and Power. Uh, it's actually available on Amazon if you want to go take a look at it. It's called 30 Days to Black Wealth and Power. So feel free 
uh, to go take a look at that. And I'll try to put blackmoneyminute.com on the screen. I can't find it uh, right now. So, but I'll, but I'll put it up there in a second. So, so here's another piece that you got to consider when you talk about whether or not cash is trash. Um, the thing about that debate is that you also have to factor in uh, not just risk, but you also have to look at things like age and also your wealth level. For an older person, they don't want to necessarily go out and put it all on the line so they can make an extra dollar. If you're older and you've already accumulated some assets, you're sort of you're thinking more about protecting the ball. It's like in a football game. If somebody says if you're up by four touchdowns and there's eight minutes to go on the clock and somebody says, hey, throw the ball down the field. I bet the wide receiver might be open. Some coaches will say, no, I'm going to just keep running the ball. I'm OK with that. I don't need to score more touchdowns in order for me to win the game. Right. So ultimately, as an investor, you have to make a personal decision. And only you know how to do this about what it means for you to win the game. Right. And so uh, so an older person may have a different perspective than, say, a young 25 year old who's trying to go out here and get it. Also, an older person uh, doesn't have as much wiggle room to take on the risk. I, I remember when I was young and I thought about going to work on Wall Street and I was 20 and my father said, well, you better go out there and do it while your body can handle the handle the stress. And I and I get that now because now I'm not 20 anymore. And I understand as you get older, the stress level doesn't uh, it, it's, it's a little bit tougher for you to take. So when you talk about financial stress, which is one of the greatest stressors that there is, uh, a lot of your racial stress comes from financial stress because it's your financial stress that leads you have to go work for your oppressor in order for you to pay the bills. So because you've got the financial stress, you endure the racial stress because you concluded that the racial stress is less significant than the financial stress. So ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's, it's between a rock and a hard place. So the reason that you invest for your children is because you don't want them to be stuck between a rock and a hard place. That's not a choice. It's like, it's like voting in the elections, you know, Democrat or Republican, right? A rock in a hard place, that's not really a choice. That's the illusion of choice, right? You want them to choose between a pillow and a soft place, right? That's how. So that's what wealth does. Wealth allows you to choose between becoming really wealthy or extremely wealthy, right? <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make you choose between starvation and, and abuse, right? Or between getting your ass kicked and getting punched in the face. Right? You, you, you're you choosing between you know, being comfortable or being very, very comfortable. Right. So so give your kids a choice. Wealth give, wealth is beautiful because wealth creates freedom. Create freedom for your kids, man. Why, why would you sign your children up for slavery by only teaching them how to fill out a job application? That is uh, shameful and sad and, and scary. Uh, that we would pass that generational curse to our kids. So that's the B1 philosophy. If you're not taking care of your kids, if you're not lifting your children up on some level, then you're not B1. You're not pro-black. If you're not loving the black woman, you're not pro-black. If you're not respecting the black man, then you ain't pro-black because the black family is critical to black people advancing and building wealth and becoming the people that we are. You know me. I, I, I talk about the, the specifics and the technical, but I always come at things from a black perspective. You ain't got to be black to be here, but you need to know that I'm black and that's what I believe in. This is my why in terms of why we talk about these things. Okay. So, um, so, the, la so the last piece I'll say about this idea of whether or not cash is trash um, is, is to say that uh, in, in general, another factor that really comes into play is when you're talking about a person that uh, that that is considering taking on a risk. I've, I learned this from just sort of interacting with so many of you. There's a difference between what I might be able to do as a person who's financially secure versus a person who's not financially secure. So if you are in a place where 
um, where you're struggling to pay the bills, struggling to get food, barely making ends meet. You're not as quick to, 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 to buy into the idea that if I let go of my cash and pop it into an investment, is I'm going to be better off, especially if you're just not certain because maybe your financial literacy isn't as high as you wish it was, or the investment is not as liquid as it needs to be. See, liquid, see cash, cash, they say cash is king, but really I see it as liquidity is king. What is the difference in cash and liquidity? Well, cash is very liquid, but not all liquidity comes in the form of cash. So what I'm thinking about is that if you're on uh, the corner, if you're worried about the recession coming, right? Which, which, by the way, that I see somebody's asked about the recession. There is a recession coming. Um, then you you may not necessarily need to have the cash right there next to you, but you might need to know that if I go and hit this button, I can get my cash fast. That's a factor to consider, right? So, so, so for example, some people may say, "Here, invest in this real estate project where you're going to make all this extra money and it's going to be so great and everything's going to be wonderful." But then you look at the stock market where you may not make the same amount of return for buying a certain stock, but you know you can get your money out tomorrow if you need to. Um, that's a factor worth considering. Liquidity matters. Liquidity, all that is, is basically like having access to the money that you need to save your butt. Money is not as important in many cases as simply having access to money. Donald Trump had a time, and I'm going to finish, uh, I'm going to end, end with this one, but Donald, there was a time where Donald Trump was about a billion dollars in the hole. He lost, I think his companies had lost over a billion dollars that year. And he's walking, he gets out of his, his uh, limo and he's with his son. He says, son, see that bum over there? He said, yeah, dad. He said, we have less money than that bum over there. But why are we getting out of a limo and he's sitting there on the corner? He said, I don't know why, dad. He said, well, because I have access to capital. So when I talk about this, now I'm not to put Donald Trump on the pedestal. This is not political. This is making a point. When I talk about what you can do for the black community, what we can do for the black business owner, what these politicians can do to get my vote, it's give black business owners access to capital so that when the business isn't doing so well, you're not living hand to mouth, right? When you have a couple of losing months or maybe a losing year where you lost a couple hundred grand, you can go to the bank and get the capital that you need so you don't have to kill the business and liquidate the business to get cash to pay your creditors. Elon Musk almost had to go bankrupt this year. Y'all don't know this. I didn't talk about it. I need to do a whole video about this. The SEC threatened to bankrupt Elon Musk. You're like, well, Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. How can he go bankrupt? Because Elon Musk is sitting on a bed of capital. If the SEC had opened up a full and public investigation of him, he would have had to declare bankruptcy immediately. He said this himself. So, so what I'm telling you guys, liquidity is what matters. Access to capital is what's important. That's what I'm saying. So is cash trash? I don't know. But I know you you need something like cash because sometimes the bills can't wait. Sometimes you got to make a move very quickly. And so I'm not here to disagree with any of the points that were made. Again, I brought up what the, I brought up the debate that I heard when I was in Georgia because I respected the, the way that these guys were having this great conversation. And I just wanted to kind of give you some nuance so you can understand that the, the main important thing I want you to kind of get here is it always depends on you. There is no one size fits all. The amount of cash you have, it depends on you. The amount of debt you choose to take on, 
there is no one answer for how much debt you should have. Uh, when people, when you guys ask me, hey, Dr. Boyce, what's is better to make investments or pay off my credit cards? Well, it depends. It depends on how, how it makes you feel. It depends on what the interest rates are. It depends on what your economic opportunities are. It depends on what your wealth level is in the background. It depends on what your risk tolerance is. There's a lot of factors that play a part in that. And this is why financial literacy is so important, because once you become financially literate, you can make the decision that works best for you. Give me a yes in the chat if you follow what I'm saying. Give me a yes in the chat if you get what I what I just said. Okay. All right. So uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to uh, roll out, but I wanted to remind everybody, if you want to educate your kids, we have a great wealth building program for children called Black Millionaires of Tomorrow. We have self-study exams. We cover stocks. We cover investing. We cover real estate. We cover entrepreneurship. There is a four-in-one pack that you can sign up for. There are self-study exams that your child can take to make sure that they know the material cold. Uh, th this will put your child ahead of the curve. We guarantee that if your child does not have a financial literacy level that exceeds the average college-educated adult, just contact our team at the Black Business School. We will give you your money back hassle-free. No questions asked. We will give you a full refund because we are that confident in this program. This will set your kids up for life. This will give you the generational power that you deserve. So feel free. If you're interested, go to blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. Or if you're on Instagram, you can hit the link in the bio. Also, if you want to join us for the event in Chicago on May 15th, you can go to boycewalkins.com and click on events. All right, guys, have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. I'll be back a little bit later. And I love you. God bless you. Peace.